Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Hallelujah. The Lord is moving in our midst. He's alive. He's resurrected from the dead. He's our Alpha, our Omega, the miracle-working God, Jehovah Sabaoth, the captain of the armies of the living God, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now I'm so grateful Michael had some words, and they're going, the stream of healing is going through us. And blessing not only us, but blessing our children, and our children's children. And by the way, talking about children's children, we do want to share with you that we had a great event happen this last week. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful response. We have a grandson. Of course, all we, we honor the mommy and the daddy, our daughter Anna, and our son-in-law Paul, Clark. And so they had a baby boy this last Friday. He weighed seven pounds, 13 ounces, right? And I think they have a picture of him. Is that behind me? Yes. Oh, there. And he is wonderful. Great. And, uh, and mommy is doing good too. And so is daddy. But daddy just observed, I think, mostly. And, uh, but the baby is here. Surprise, as Gomer Pyle used to say. Surprise, surprise, surprise. He's right here before I expected it. And uh, Bonnie got, got to help the baby. I did. Of course. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what was your reaction? <laughs> Were you happy? <laughs> I'm... I was happy. These are, these are the strangest questions to be asking the grandmother of Ooh. her new grandson. Are you happy? What was your impression of him? <laughs> well, I wanted you to express yourself. I'm almost the beyond people words. Know. I'm so excited. For real, seriously. It's just, it, it's, it's almost beyond words. It's deeply wonderful deeply wonderful in every single way and it's just beautiful that he's here he's finally on the outside where we can put our hands on him and look into his little eyes he's very peaceful we're thankful for that he's a very peaceful and content baby he has a great aura around him um and uh of course everyone's remarking about his countenance um, and the current shock of blonde hair, which 
may or may not be permanent. <laughs> um, but that's not unusual in both family lines, including your children. Two of them were born with blonde hair. Um, and of course, in Paul's lineage, uh, a lot of Celtic and Irish, English, German in both of our lines. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. He doesn't have a settled name yet except for maybe the middle one, which will be revealed eventually. But he's so precious, so darling, so beautiful. You know, our friend um, Gary Keller from Switzerland, he looked at his picture and he said, he has an apostolic forehead. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness, because it comes from Ezekiel 3. If you think about it for a moment, the Lord said, I'm going to make your forehead like bronze so that every rebellious thing that resists you can't overtake you. And I said, I think maybe Paul Clark is going to get his retribution from stories I have heard about his own childhood. He's going to have a strong and determined son. <laughs> That's going to be quite hilarious to watch. But yeah, and, and we want to say to you, to all of you, and to our family and friends watching online, um, to literally hundreds of people, but especially to you that have shared this joy with us really as though you had just had your first grandchild, a man-child, if I might say. So thank you for that. You fill our hearts and it has allowed us to even revel in a, you know, even in a more glorious and deeper and wider way. So thank you for that. Thank you for your prayers and for your love and support. And thank you from Paul and Anna. They're delighted and um, at the beginning of their grand adventure. Yeah, and uh, I kind of noted that but both the Clark line and the Chavla line, especially Bonnie and Paul were kind of emphasizing the, some of the Celtic and Scottish background. Here it goes. And this is dueling genetics <laughs> right here. I wanted to say, but he has an Indian nose. <laughs> reminded me of my dad. So he, <laughs> on day one, but he's a blessed child. And yeah. we wanted to thank oh. you all from the bottom of our heart yeah. for your blessing and your prayers for us covering the baby and the mommy, especially. And it was, it happened when it came. It happened quicker than I thought. Yeah. I was waiting for long hours to affect spectate, praying, the doctors, nope. and then with the experiences, many people had, even ours, that there were some real challenges and all that. So I was, that went in at a certain time, and I was doing other things, and suddenly I got a text, the baby is here. Uh -huh. 
And I, I really meant Goldman Pyle. Goldman Pyle said, surprise, I'm here, whether you expect me or not. And so we are thankful. And we wanted to emphasize just thank you, thank you, thank you. And on uh, when we were sometime after, as we were heading home, here Ed Seal was very kind enough to text us that several people besides himself, but they took pictures of there was a rainbow outside our building. Right, it's right there, and a rainbow is a sign from the Lord Himself, sovereignly that He gives uh, of blessing. And that there are blessings to yeah. come. And I want you to claim the blessings for each Amen. and Thank every you. one of you, for your families, Thank for you, your Jesus. mom and dad. This is not just for the children and the grandchildren. We bless them, of course, but for the parents and the grandparents. But there was a rainbow and we receive the rainbow from Amen. the Lord and his blessing over us, over our children, over our nation. And whatever the opposition, and there will be from way back from day one or from the birth of the Lord Jesus himself that the enemy did his stuff, but our eyes are on the Lord and what a mighty work he does. Um, I did want to, as a postscript, just say on behalf of Michael and Sarah, our daughter Sarah Chowda, uh, I got to go to Ashland last weekend, so I wasn't here, but I want to let you know why, but we had a good time of ministry there and I was because of a burp or two I had uh, in the last several weeks uh, health wise I was a little bit uh, cautious about travel and it came in power and the anointing was so awesome and I'm so grateful for, for the Lord's faithfulness and Thankful for Michael and Sarah there, and of course, the whole Calvary Pentecostal Tabernacle. It's like old home week. Yes. Um, I'm grateful for Vera was there, and uh, Leah, yeah. I mean, Leah, sorry, and uh, helped us with the bookstore and uh, got to lay hands on everybody at the beating, so that was great. Um, and just talking about that over the years, we have had the privilege of opening the camp meeting, but uh, so, and Sister Ruth Heflin has come here many years ago and released the, the Holy Ghost over us and declared this prophetically, all nations, one of the end time river places of revival and glory. Uh, so we speak that once again 
that the time for revival Jesus, yes, over Lord. our nation Thank you, God. and the nations of the earth is at hand. That when the enemy does his stuff, like a flood, Thank the you, Spirit Jesus. of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. And in various ways. And it's such a delight for us to see Katie here. Hi, Katie. Welcome. Yes. Oh. And share you, with us. And uh, take a mic and share. And Seb, uh, bless the people. Pray for us. Oh, yes. Come on over, Katie. Come into the light there. Yes, there come go. into the light. I, I like that. Into the light. <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful to be back. Um, I love you all so much. Love you, Pastor Mahesh, Pastor Bonnie, Michael, Dennis, Armin, Robbie. Oh, my goodness. I've been spending the last 10 months watching online, and the Lord finally gave me the grace and the strength to drive. I was here Friday night, and um, that's my heart is the watch. The Lord put that in my heart many years ago. And then he gave me the grace again this morning to come. So I'm oh, grateful yeah. to be here. I thank you all for your prayers, for your intercession. I've been in a, a real battle for my life, but God is faithful. Amen, Lord. God is faithful. Amen, God Lord. is faithful. <clears throat> There's a whole lot to my testimony. I'm not going to go over all of that today, but I had asked Pastor Bonnie if I could share something that happened when I was at my sickest time. Um, I had to have um, immunotherapy for metastatic melanoma and then immediately have surgery to remove the tumor. And I had an autoimmune reaction that affected my digestion. And I had to be hospitalized for two weeks in very serious condition because they couldn't get the vomiting and diarrhea, sorry for the too much information, but they couldn't get it to stop. Everything just was going right through me or coming right up. Again, and I was very ill and on a number of drugs, so I was, you know, I was just barely there. And yet, there was a peace that passes all understanding. At one point, I knew I was in the valley of the shadow of death, but I want to tell you, it is true. You will fear no evil. You will fear no evil, for he is with you. His rod and staff will comfort you. And I was aware that I couldn't even walk, but that Jesus was carrying me through that valley. And I felt him holding my spirit in my body. So I knew it wasn't time. I mean, I'm looking forward to being with the Lord, but there's an awful lot left to do here, isn't there? There is for me. And I have grandchildren, yes. too. Yes. And it's like, I want to see them grow up. I want to see them come into their destiny. So, But during that time, when I was the sickest, drugged out of my wazoo, <laughs> I could not read the word. I couldn't focus. But I did have my iPad with me, so I kept worship music on. And it was like, supernaturally, these new um, videos and new things would come up and it was hymns it was mostly hymns and I grew up in the Lutheran church so hymns there, there's something that resonates in there so I kept that on and the nurses would comment oh it's so peaceful in here um, and I said it's worship music so but during that that very very dark time um, I don't even know it was during the day or night because they all kind of blurred together for me but I had a vision um, that I wanted to share because it applies to all of us here, not just me. And uh, what I saw was I was here at All Nations Church, 
and all of our children had been working on a project and they were displaying, there was a big table with a white tablecloth right across here, and they were displaying the most beautiful ceramic porcelain, I don't know, I'm not an artist, but it was the most beautiful pieces of art that they had been working on. And it was glory colors. I knew it was not colors here on earth. And I was, we were all just astounded. All the adults were standing here and the children were behind the table with their big smiles showing their projects. But one of them caught my eye. I was kind of back in the crowd. It wasn't my turn to be up front yet to see him closely. One of them caught my eye and it was a country chapel. And I just, I've always loved country chapels. When my husband and I travel, sometimes we go back roads because I like to stop and look at the little chapels that are just on the wayside. And that's what this was. But it, the roof and down the sides of the wall had the most beautiful glazing I've ever seen on a piece of pottery in my life. It was blues, it was oranges, it was rusts, it was reds, but it was not colors of earth. But it was sitting at an angle, so I could see the side and some of the back of the chapel, but I couldn't see the front. And I wanted to see what the name of that church was. So when I got up to the table, I went straight towards that one. And right before I got up there, Grace Lindop, you all know our precious Grace, yes. came and stood in front of me. She turned and picked up that chapel turned it so it faced me and handed it to me and she said this is yours and I could see the name oh, on okay. the chapel and it said house of answered prayer and oh. if you all remember and because yeah. I'm still getting my brain back I'm so thankful for these things that we can look up when mm. I can't remember a verse but this is from Isaiah 56, verse 7, that I remember all the years ago, 27 years ago that I came here, the pastor said the Lord had given this to them long before they had their own church and healing center. And it says, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So that's where all nations church comes from. But this one was the house of answered prayer. And I feel like the Lord has said that is where we have come to at this point. It's not just a place where we gather every Friday night and Sunday morning to worship and adore and praise the living God and our Savior Jesus and the wonderful Holy Spirit, but it's to cry out to him. And we have had many, many, many answered prayers over the years, but I felt like the Lord said, it's a new season now. People will not call this a house of prayer. They will call it the house of answered Gosh. prayer, the house of answered prayer. And so just as a token, I want to take that chapel Oh, my that goodness. thing, and I want to present it <laughs> to Pastor Mahesh, Pastor Bonnie. Thank you. As the house of answered prayer. Amen, and Thank inside, you, 
I could see through it in a supernatural way in this chapel. I could tell that it was like a box that you could lift the lid off, but inside were thousands and thousands and thousands of little pieces of paper of the answered prayer. And I say and declare and prophesy from this day forward that your prayers are going to take on new anointing, new meaning, individually, but also corporately you, as we cry out to God yes. in this most unusual season that we find ourselves in our country. You are going to see answer after answer after answer. Prayers that you have prayed for long, long, long times are coming forth. But even the new prayers that, Lord, if the Lord plunks something in your spirit, you cry out to him and you say, I know this is going to go into the chapel, the house right. of answered prayer. Wow. In Jesus' name. Amen. And later I'll share more testimonies, but that's what I wanted to share today. Awesome. Amen. Thank Welcome you, Katie. Back. Come Thank on. You. So, so we, good to see. Thank you for being with me. Oh, bless you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We receive that. Thank you. The house of answered prayer. Say answered prayer. Answered prayer. We are in agreement with that. Yeah. And we receive that word. For us, that it's not just the house of prayer. We're all nations. And we have a history. And Michael and Sarah will tell you that I, on uh, Saturday, last Saturday, I led, at Calvary, I led this worship song of This is Holy Ground. And it's the old songs from the late 70s and 80s but that's the history back there of revival but also here so many years this is a, a place where it has inspired hundreds and thousands of houses of prayer across the world of watching and praying but Many, much of that began here. We really carried it out. We started meeting really at a crazy, somewhat odd time. We started gathering at 10 o'clock at night and would go till 6 in the morning, have communion at 6. Uh, but over the years, we have had so many, so many visitations and the Lord giving miracles and literally the glory coming and we have video of the golden just pillar of light swirling around us and we don't want to forget any of that and I'll share a little bit later about it but we hold dear all that God has done, look what the Lord has done. We recount in our lives, in your life, in every one of your lives, and know that God is not finished yet. He is about to do great and wondrous things in all our lives, and we are grateful. So we receive 
this word, prophetic word from Katie. And we are so grateful we can see you. Yes. And in yes, our midst. Thank you for your impartation and your faithfulness. I'm taken by the imagery, and I would love to talk to you more about that. Um, and the, the meaning, on the surface, there's a meaning, and there's, there, you know, there, it, there's a prophetic message for us. Um, in this last season, God is clarifying our call to prayer. And it's why you hear us continually encouraging you and emphasizing your personal participation in the watch, whether you are here or watching online. And the work of prayer, corporate prayer especially, in the church is not peripheral. And it is actually not intended ultimately to be focused on the priority of individual prayer for ourselves. And we believe that the world and the church is literally in a time of transition. And it's good for us to understand what God is doing and to be participating with him in harmony and in line with him. And it gives understanding to many of the things that then therefore seem to be in opposition to all the promise of our Bible. Um, you find that God's house of prayer is eternal. And that's the thing why prayer is actually answered prayer. Because in John's revelation, when he saw present and future, he saw that in fact it was in the fullness of time, the prayers of the saints on the earth ascending into heaven and filling these great receptacles of perhaps faith, they were golden bowls, but in the, the fullness of time, prayers from the earth. And so that makes us know that it's prayers of the living generations whose feet are on the terrain of this uh, terra firma and that have been given the gift of the revelation of the gospel and that are standing in the present truth of the resurrection while we're still in the mortal bodies, that we are participating as living kingdom of priests with heaven. But you see that John saw that those prayers fill these receptacles and in that moment the lamb is there with the unrolling the unfurling of the words of God in the scroll for the earth and when the prayers of the saints from earth fill this these particular receptacles in the fullness of time they are poured out back on the earth that is exactly answered prayer and that's the picture of it. And the reason that we need to understand and lay hold individually of our place in the grand corporate eternal scheme of God through prayer is because if you read your Bible, a great deal of those answered prayers impact the geopolitical, social, economic events of the earth. And in fact, 
They are the things that bring about the earth pangs moving to the appearing of the Lord. So your prayer participation is actually determining what happens on earth and when Jesus appears. So in that context, the Lord has really been renewing that call, his, his, his uh, refusal to allow us in this particular congregation to um, lay down that, but all the more to take up that banner of prayer. And, you know, Katie, you, you mentioned of how the Lord literally came and stood with Mahesh and I in Mahesh's study when we lived in Fort Lauderdale and gave us that scripture uh, from Haggai about all nations. And that would be a house of prayer for all nations. And in this season, a house of answered prayer. And it's very important that we recognize the, the blessings and the realities and the unusual miracles, geopolitical miracles the Lord has given us in dynamic answer to the prophetic prayers prayed in this place. This last week, this last Friday, was a very significant um, time. So we will be sharing more about that. But I want to encourage you as well that that atmosphere will uh, disciple you in a kind of apostolic worldview, an awakening where you will be able to recognize and handle your own individual circumstance, including the great challenges. And we heard from Katie, she knew that her mortal physical body was literally at the bottom of the ravine between continued life in this body or the going to be with the Lord. And God was holding her in this earth for particular reasons and the significance of, of what you have just gone through. And for us, the testimony uh, of that, um, I, while you were sharing and sharing about hymns, of all things, um, in this last week, I came across uh, an old hymn by a little-known hymnal, uh, hymnist writer named Neil Barham that wrote at the turn of the, cent uh, the previous turn of the century. And he, he, one of the many hymns that he produced called The Battle of Calvary. And it says, Now the night of wrong is ended. Now the grave has lost its prize. Now the risen one breaks the back of sin. There, behold, see how death dies. Resurrection light now scatters Satan's armies from the field. Christ has drawn the fearful sting of death. Sheol and Abaddon, Abaddon, sorry, Abaddon, which is the word for destruction in John's revelation, yield. At his glance, the mighty prison built by law and sin falls down. Countless in their thousand thousands, all his ransomed praise his crown. Heaven and hell's astonished spirits in their joy and rage all stare at the victor of the cross who won his greatest battle there. Praise the Lord. And much of our history and our preaching and our theology has grounded us firmly in the earth at the cross. But that is not the reason that the gospel 
went forth in power and challenged kingdoms. It was because there were over 500 human eyewitnesses who lived on into the next generation and the next generation that saw the resurrected man, the first one ever. And that was the stunning power of the cross. That is the stunning power of the gospel. That is what is resident in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the fact that this work of God has brought him to dwell in us individually in the power of the resurrection now. So, once again, why the church is so crucial in every nation, in particular nations, to agree on earth with heaven and continue to fill those golden bowls, those receptacles, with prayer that he may dump them out on the earth as answers. And so, Katie, thank you for that. We're delighted to see you, and we're thanking the Lord for this mighty victory and testimony of answered prayer and its implications and encouragement for us prophetically. Amen. And it's a word that goes on for us here. Yeah. And there is a connection also, I would say, to Israel and to Jerusalem because there is at the Western Wall the remnant of the Holy of Holies. The wall itself is a portion of what was part of the old temple. And so when we get a ability, when we are able to go to Israel and Jerusalem, it is traditional for us to put little uh, prayers and put it in the crevices of the Western Wall. But here also, there is a spiritual, basically Western Wall that God has been, we have been praying before him and we have seen amazing answered prayer. I'll never forget Mary Shaheen from Nazareth to coming one day to for prayer and a miracle because she had uh, breast cancer for stage four. And the Holy Spirit, and she came to our meeting, and this, she had never experienced this, and just sovereignly the Holy Spirit slayed her in the spirit. When she got up hours later, water had flowed out from the, the stage four breast tissue, and when she went to the doctor, the doctor wondered what had happened because there was not one left sign of cancer in her body. God had given her a miracle. But we want to connect and say this is a place of answered prayer. And for you, for us all, and for the nations, and if you have a prayer need, even today, email us. Let us know. And not too distant future. In fact, at the end of August, beginning of September, after Labor Day, we're going to go on another corporate fast. So join with prayer as we get more intense into it. That is, we join it with prayer and fasting. And Jesus said, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting.
So we'll be fasting for certain people. We already have mentioned some of their names, but the others, you can add your name, and we're going to stand before the Lord, thanking God that our God is a God of answered prayer, and he's a God of miracles. And we praise God for his presence here. And the rainbow Friday, it was for a little while, a double rainbow from what I understand. And, but it's a sign of God's presence and it's a sign of God's blessing. And then it's important for us on the receiving end to say, Lord, I'm in faith and I believe every word, every promise you're making, I receive for myself, for my loved ones, for my church, for my country, for my nation. Because we need breakthroughs in certain areas. We have corporate challenges. And I want to say that God wants to restore. And it's in Joel chapter 2. I will restore the years, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust have eaten. And so this is, God, I believe, is about to pour out. There are different times and seasons that we recall just awesome things that happened. There were also, at the same time, challenges and opposition from the enemy. So we have, we have enemy forces that even at this time, we need all the corporate prayer. We thank the Lord for individual miracles. We're going to hold on to that. But we're going to also pray for national issues. And that going to God is going to give another turnaround for us in November. By the way, I didn't want to just take a little pause to ask Michael, give us a report about you had a race or a walk or something. Tell us. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yesterday was our first gathering of our All Nations Church Run Walk Club. And um, there were 11 church members there present and accounted for. If you were there, just wave your hand. I know there's some of you that were Amen. here. And a big That's shout out excellent. to yes. all of you. Woo! And uh, we were in Elisha Park right in the center of Fort Mill. And it was a wonderful time of fellowship and um, obviously exercise, right? Because walking is the number one exercise in the world for health and longevity, walking. But there were some runners, too. That's like awesome. Barry was a runner. He was running. Big shout out to Barry. Yeah. And uh, myself. And, yeah. Um, anyway, it was a real blessing. And we got to have an amazing prayer meeting. This is part of the mission is uh, taking what the Lord is giving us in that place of being the church, the house of answered prayer. And uh, we were there and there was a just a shalom peace um, throughout as we were walking and praying. And at we, as we prayed at the end, we, were on, we realized, you know, we were only steps away from the Fort Mill uh, town hall where the mayor is where the police station and fire stations are, the main headquarters of these things for our town, the town that we are here 
in Fort Mill. And we were able to speak blessings. We were able to impart prophetic revelation to our town and to this place and actually take ground for the King of Glory and for his kingdom in Fort Mill. So it was a real special time and a real anointed time. And we believe there's going to be fruit from, our answer, from the answers to our prayer. Amen. There's going to be fruit and the Lord's going to move. And uh, we have a couple more times coming up in September. We want to invite you to come. Uh, so September 10th, everybody say September 10th. September 10th. We are going to be in Rock Hill. We are going to take it's Rock good. Hill for Jesus. Yes, come on. We're going to meet at the Riverwalk Trail, beautiful oh, along good. the Catawba River. Yeah. And actually, there are usually hundreds of folks there um, that walk and run every Saturday. So we're going to be there September 10th and then September 24th. Say September 24th. 24th. So two times in September. The second time, we are going to be at Springfield Elementary right here near All Nations Church. And we are going to take this ground around this area and a circumference right around the church area. And we are going to claim it for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So those, yeah. both of those times are going to be at 8 o'clock, and we have information in the lobby if you've got more, uh, if you want addresses and all of that information. So, Amen. Thank you. Amen. So remember that. And this is open for men and women. Men, right? women, boys, girls, old, young, everyone, all okay. invited. Bring your family, bring your friends, bring your enemies, too. <laughs> That's good. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and... Uh, I want to say, make, make sure when the, it, it says, the word of God says, when the enemy comes like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. And one of the observations by even uh, not church people, but just regular people outside, a newspaper men, they have said how in so many nations, this in the context of this COVID uh, challenge that we have had of the disease and infirmity, they have made certain laws and that part of the aim has been to discourage and if they could, to destroy the church. And in many nations, those, because we gather together and God has said to us, in the scripture, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. So it is important for us to physically, if we are able to, to come together. Now I'm so glad that when Katie could do, do it physically, she is here. And we want to be here when we can physically do it. And we want to, I want to encourage people. There are still people watching us, which I'm glad that you watch us on internet. But if you're within driving distance here in Charlotte, Fort Mill area, that you come and be with us Sunday mornings and if possible, even Friday nights. So this is another word and an encouragement to encourage your friends who have somehow been discouraged to come together and they have been even been told some of it we are finding out is really fake and it's, it's fraud. They have been saying certain things about, we are finding about the mask, for example, for 
you know, everybody has to wear a mask. And in certain instances, we found that was really not uh, efficacious. So I want to say as much as possible, I believe the Holy Spirit is coming in a mightier wave than ever before. There is, there are prophetic words from Maria Woodward Eder, from Prophet Seymour, from others like Brother Derek Prince and others who said, who have prophesied there is going to be a mighty wave of revival. And I want Thank you, you I want us all, and I want all nations to be part of this revival. That in every nation, God's going to pour out His Spirit. And we, when we were part of the revival in the late 60s, early 70s, that we were just young whippersnappers and uh, learning. And I was learning to be a pastor. I had uh, a wonderful training with a great pastor in Macon, Georgia, named Pastor Dan, Dan Van Hoosier, uh, and ordained there. And, uh, but we learned, but the revival was so real. And you might have, you know, for example, the Von Trapp family for the sound of music. Those, that family got the Holy Ghost. And we met Mrs. Von Trapp in one of the Kansas City revival meetings, great gatherings we had in the mid-70s onwards. So I want to note that and then say just this. We're going to, in a little while, going to have a communion together. But the big event of this week, last week for Bonnie and I, was <laughs> the Lord making it real. We had, a, we have a grandson, and of course we honor mommy and daddy, Anna and Paul, and we know the babies looks like uh, someone gave us a little gift. Oh, we may show it, but many years ago when the internet started, and I had the inspiration of the healing evangelist, good-looking evangelist.com. It was just for fun. But someone gave us a little bitty t-shirt. Uh, is she here? Yes, Mel. Melanie Tiddley was very sweet, gave us a little t-shirt. I'm looking forward to giving it. So it says, little healing, good-looking good healing evangelist. And you can see from the picture that he is good-looking. <laughs> and yeah, so Amen. he's inherited the good-looking features from me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and, but when the mommy... It, the, the appointed time for them to go to the hospital was Friday. And Thursday and then Friday, I really went through my own personal challenge and I felt 
somewhat convicted, I asked myself, this is challenging time. Many things can happen and I've heard of so many and we had our own challenges when our last first baby and last baby was born. Uh, there were some major infirmities we had to deal with, etc., etc. So I felt really uh, almost guilty. I felt, I said, did I pray enough? You know, how many of you have ever felt like, no, I did not, I don't think I have prayed enough. I want to, I don't think, Lord, anything can go wrong. Did I cover this area? Did I cover this? And so I started feeling this sense almost of guilt. And we heard the mommy that they're just drove, given, gone to the hospital. And I was in the midst of the throes of, did I, did we pray enough? Did I, did I, we did we cover this and that? And while I was in the throes of this, I got the text, <laughs> the baby is here, it's wonderful, mommy is wonderful, everything, and that, I was grateful, I was blessed, but also said, what happened? Before you call, I will answer exactly. the Lord says. Before you call, I will answer. That is what. And show you great and mighty things that you do not know. That's exactly <laughs> part of the journey, that God is doing mighty things. And what I want to share to you tonight, those hearing us here and in the other nations or even that certain concerns you have and certain challenges, God is saying, you pray, but you may not think you have covered every area. But the, uh, if I can title my talk, I want to say, God is doing the rest. That sometimes we concern ourselves with so many different issues. And God is saying to us, you do your part. Mm -hmm. But I am doing yeah. the rest. And I wanted to point to a couple of scriptures. Um, you find one of the great assignments the Lord gave in scripture was to Moses to be the redeemer of Israel, to see multiple thousands of people being released from captivity that they were held captive and slaves for nearly 400 years and they were crying out to the Lord and God is now giving assignment at the time scripture I'm referring to we're going to go first to Exodus chapter 4 uh, and in that context, verse 10 onwards, but God is saying to him, we are going to do, I'm going to do miracles. I'm commissioning you, and you're going to stand before Pharaoh, and water is turn, going, uh, turned to, to blood, and there are going to be plagues, and there are going to be miracles, and, and 
Moses stands here, verse 10, Exodus 4, 10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. And my words get tangled. This is the living Bible translation. And so, and he was objecting. He basically was saying, I stammer a lot. And I'm really not good at doing this. And he's making every excuse. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I'll be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded. Now here is God saying, go, I'll be with you. I mean, and yet Moses is saying, uh-uh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I still, I'm a stammerer. My tongue is not very good. And because, <laughs> verse 13, Moses again pleaded, Lord, please, Send someone else. Send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said. What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? So originally, the Lord's intent was for Moses to go and speak. But because Moses was making every excuse and he was focusing on his infirmities, not on the Lord and what he would do, that What's my adventure that I went through on Friday, last Friday? I mean, it was kind of gathering all week long almost. I prayed, wanted to pray some more for the mommy and the baby and the birth and all the process that would go through. And I was saying, but Lord, this could go wrong. And before I knew it, the baby was born and healthy and strong. And in the case of Moses, God could have healed that stammering, but chose not to. So Moses was accompanied by Aaron. And so I just want to underline that sometimes we have burdens, we have inadequacies, there are secret frustrations that we may have. And yet, what I want to say to us is there are things I'm praying for for our nation, things I'm very concerned, and I know many of you are, of what the public education system is trying to do purposely to grab hold of our children, to confuse them even of their sexuality, and uh, there are some real humanistic negative things that are happening, and we have got concerns. We are going to pray and fast. We are praying right now that God will intervene and help us. But there is so much that we can be concerned about, and the rest, God will do the rest. Say, God will do the rest. God will do the rest. Amen. And uh, Psalm 90. Um, it actually is called a prayer of Moses, the man of God. 
But it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Can we say that together, Lord? Lord. From everlasting to everlasting? From generation to generation. You are God. And then he, he, he goes on to say, oh, satisfy us early with your mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And you remember the word of Paul to Timothy to the church is, first of all, when you come together, corporately pray for kings and all that are in authority in order that we might live peaceable and quiet lives with all godliness. It's very crucial that we are engaged. And friends, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're praying, oh, Jesus, bless them and just make them successful. And no, it means we pray with clarity and understanding in agreement with heaven and what heaven is saying concerning the earth and concerning kings. And we can you know, see a lot of detail on that from Daniel, from the prophets, from the New Testament, where all of our fathers of faith were in conflict with their generation's political rulers. It's why they were killed. It wasn't because they, were, they had come up with a new religion. It was because the message of the kingdom and the eyewitness of the resurrected man meant that the current earthly kings and lords and Caesars and kingdoms were potentially under threat of being contradicted. And these were the messages. Anyway, Moses says, he says, make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. Isn't that something? He's saying, Lord, in ev for every day of trouble, we are asking that you would give us days of joy, days of gladness, of recovery. The years in which we have seen evil, he's asking for a wave of the mercy and goodness of God to overtake God's people that will be a retribution, if you will, for all that they have suffered. Let your work, say let your work, appear. Let your work appear to your servant. It's answered prayer. It's answered prayer. And your glory to their children. My prayer today is that for my little grandson, that he will see days of the goodness and the manifest glory and power of the Lord's work that will be a literal result, an answer to the prayers that I'm praying, that I've prayed in my life. Let the beauty of the Lord God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Can you say establish the work of our hands? And then he says that again. And in scripture, 
When something is repeated like that, it has a strong and powerful, authoritative, so be it, amen. And then, then he says it again, yes, establish the work of our hands so that your lives lived have not been lived in futility, but have literally left a cohesive memorial that is impacting the earth and future generations for good and for what God has ordained in his redemptive work. Amen. Establish the work of our hands. And that is Moses' prayer was a prayer anticipating answered prayer. And the thing I want to point out is again and again in the Bible we see some contradictions, some weaknesses in, in many just leaders. In God's servants? In God's servants. <laughs> <laughs> So the Royal other one most, example yeah. I want to point out was it, it shows us in First Corinthians uh, ten that uh, my did you lose power? I don't know why. Okay, well but we can find it in the actual in the actual like we, like Bible. we used to. First Corinthians, <laughs> Second Corinthians twelve, ten Second. says. Uh, do you want me to read it? Yeah, it's Second in verse Corinthians 9. 12, 9? 9. He said to me, well, we know that this is Paul's moment where he finds himself to some degree in that place of contradiction and opposition. And he says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So, the, here is Paul who has got some of the greatest revelations. In <laughs> fact, in the, in the verses before, he just says, I got this. I was taken to heaven. Mm -hmm. I had visions. I had revelations. And I mean, besides that, he had Many miracle after miracle, even resurrections. I mean, that he had exp major experiences, and yet he has a thorn. Now, God does not, and the scripture does not tell us what specific ailment he had. There was possibly some kind of major <clears throat> issue physically or mentally. I don't know what. The <laughs> Bible doesn't tell us. But there was a major thorn in the flesh. And he went to the Lord, prayed three times. Lord, take this away. This is, Lord, I'm your servant. You have given us revelations. You've given us, done this miracle and that miracle. And so take this thorn away. And the Lord, just like Moses, I mean, God could have taken that stammer away. And he didn't. All his life he had that problem. And the same thing with Paul is he has a thorn in the flesh. And guess what the Lord says? My grace is sufficient for you. So my strength is perfected. My, yeah, or my made power. Perfect in weakness. And if does best in weakness. So often 
in your weakness, in our weakness, in our individual, and then maybe corporate even, we don't have the strength. And uh, some of the concerns I had the last elections, and I wondered whether in the coming months we're going to have honest elections, whether we'll be America will be a little bit more honest than Rwanda. Um, <laughs> and uh, because nations like France and others, they, they get all the votes. By midnight, everything is done. They're counted. And the count is out, by, I think, by midnight. And this is people, 30, 40 million. And I was surprised that America couldn't do that. Oh, my goodness. And this yep. is supposedly the most modern. And I wondered if we will ever have honest elections. I'm praying. But we are still in prayer and fasting for our upcoming issues. Yes. And so what God is saying, my grace, say my grace. My grace. Is sufficient. Is sufficient. So we are not to focus so much on the thorn uh, on our side. Uh, the thorn does not define you, does not define me. Whatever the thorn, thorn is, we are to tap into the grace of God. Don't, and sometimes some of the things that I often have had to do counsel on certain situations, sometimes even do funerals, and sometimes way before the time that's proper. And there are times where I would say, why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? And, and the Lord has corrected me, saying, I will take care of the wives. You just comfort or you pray. But the Lord is taking care of the why did this happen. And uh, there may be some chronic illness. There may be a disability. I've prayed for addictions in families. And some are concerns for a daughter or a son who's deeply addicted. And we have to go with that issue for some years. And we don't see the breakthrough yet. And uh, there are difficult relationships. Certain anxieties, for example. I know men of God who had major issues in sometimes we, in my initial years, I remember I would I was known for the healing ministry, and so they would call me in to counsel some great leaders who had, you would see them in public, and they would be great. But at, the, at home, there would be major issues that they were battling. Uh, I remember one, <laughs> it's with the Lord now, but he asked to be his home, and his wife had a major issue with alcohol, and it really devastated him. And I, I was asked to pray in the come and do some prayer and input, but it was the thorn in his side. Uh, and Or sometimes we have certain fears that we cannot explain. People who are really anointed 
and really great leaders, but they have fear of heights, of fears that you cannot really analyze, that fear of spiders, of fear of going outside. The, and they are great. Uh, and you can go look back at great famous speakers. I don't want to emphasize too much their weaknesses, but they would have some weakness. Uh, <clears throat> some learn slowly to push past that irrational fear. But what God's telling us, for I believe by his word, my grace is sufficient. So the Lord will allow us to thrive despite the thorns that don't focus on the negative, don't focus on the, the thorn will, in fact, sometimes the Lord uses the thorn to keep us humble, to, so the pride doesn't take us. Uh, Paul was used to many miracles despite the thorn. And what the thorn sometimes does is helps us to rely on God's grace. The thorn may be there, and the Lord may choose not to take away the thorn, but the, his grace will be sufficient. God will help us and achieve success and victory despite the thorn. And then the thorns are there to, they, they allow people to see this miracle is happening despite the thorn. And God's power is awesome. And it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, when I am weak, then I am then strong. I am strong. <laughs> and you scratch your head. What do you mean? When I am weak, then I am strong. And what Paul says here, if you, you think about moments of contest or struggle or opposition, and what he says, when I get in those moments, I start getting happy. Because he literally says, I take pleasure in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses. I take pleasure in them. Because then, as Pastor said, the power of Christ rests upon me. And the other thing that I will uh, mention here is that he ascribed those weaknesses, those infirmities, those vulnerabilities where he was being attacked or resisted. He ascribed them to being the emissary of the devil. And his response was laughing. His response was taking pleasure in recognizing, and, and I think for me, because in the whole context, he has just told us that the Lord has shown him personally his spiritual authority and place and how God is using all things, working together for God's glory and good. And he's shown it to him very specifically by literally moving him into the supernatural world uh, realm and letting him see all of these things in play and it is out of that literal context where Paul says and in this context now the contest is that therefore the devil is coming at me 
And Paul is saying, glory, glory, because that indicates that God is doing something powerful through my life, my word, my work, my prayer, and even the weakness of my own physical body is not being hindered. And in fact, all the more, where, where I can't, Christ does. And when he says the power of Christ may rest upon me, let us remember again, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the literal person that raised Jesus from the dead is present in us. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a powerful and good word. And I know, you know, I thank the Lord for our particular discipling by our spiritual father, Derek Prince, because Derek always held this kind of a, uh, of a, of a view. And, and, you know, Pastor Mahesh and I are just woven in that way. And in our young days, we never had an opportunity in the environment that we were in any time we saw opposition. We rejoiced. We recognized it's significant. Where we're at, what we're doing right now, if it's being opposed, it's because we're making headway uh, against the powers of darkness. And it gave us all the more that sense of being infused with courage and, you know, the just the essence of, of can do it and go forward and rejoicing uh, in the face of opposition. And, uh, you know, when, when we got outside of that realm of our community and, and that whole dynamic, we found, for the most part, a different worldview, if you will, of Christians suddenly, when they were opposed, and we were like, we, we don't recognize that perspective. So may the Lord do what Moses said. May he return on you and on your children and grandchildren his mercies and his goodness for all the opposition that you may have experienced up to this point. But more than that, may he establish the work of your hands as a memorial that is a perpetual, ongoing, benefiting future generations and participating in the coming of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, you know, Pastor, you, you, you intermingled it somewhat with our own national political scene, and that is very much an aspect of Christians' participation and presence in the earth in a living generation. And if we were to take this sort of personal reflection of Paul's about the idea of pressing in and being an emissary of the kingdom and, and this perspective that he has here and look at the many infirmities that have been revealed in our institutional and national state uh, from our education to our healthcare system and the global healthcare system. The, the fact that even with COVID, because they rushed to try and inoculate the whole world without really having studied experimental data to say what the outcome will be. And now we're seeing these 
you know, outbreaks of new strains of COVID. And, and in reality, to some degree, the immunizations are participating in these various outbreaks and stuff. And it, it's, it's crazy. It's beyond our control. Um, and, and things like that, if you, if you think of those weaknesses, those infirmities, the terrible things that have been revealed because of COVID and people staying home and parents getting to see what the public school system in our nation are actually indoctrinating into their children. I mean, talk about an infirmity. I mean, it's a, an illness unto death almost. It's gender confusion. Are you kidding me? It, it, it's so bizarre that it's laughable uh, and at the same time we see that it's literal doctrines of demons it is definitively inspirations from the accuser the adversary of the human race that has been able to co-opt minions of earthly persons and authorities you know to to try and and carry out his his will to the destruction of uh, the human race to the destruction of happy families and society and all of those things. But if we can say from our scripture viewpoint here, those infirmities, those very places are the places where the power of Christ, the grace of God may be manifest. His and mercies might be shown. Yeah, and as, so knowing these challenges, infirmities, thorns, that it, number one, it keeps us humble. And it leads us to worship. So you don't get so snooty and uppity because we may have a tendency sometimes. So it keeps us where our focus is on the Lord. And the, the thorn makes us care for others in a sense, be more caring, be more compassionate. There are others who have other weaknesses. And since we can take time to point out yours, it's better to remain humble and say, thank <laughs> you, Lord. Your grace is coming in me. There is an Amen, incident Lord. in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, where you find that the Lord, uh, it says, afterward Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the tool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would he like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. <laughs> Jesus oh. told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat, began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So in this instant, the Lord tells him, Stand up, take your mat or your bed, whatever you've been lying on, and go home, you're healed. Uh, where this miracle is happening, then 
not only is that man healed, but this, we need to keep this, I, I learned from this, that ever afterwards, in the days, months, years to come, as he is healed and he's testifying to people, and he points to that mat and says, I used to lie on that thing for nearly 38 wow. years. That's good. And, wow. Uh, God, I'm but I'm walking That's now awesome. because Jesus healed me. <laughs> and so that mat or that little bed or whatever the thing was. It was a testimony of It was infirmity. a testimony that God came wow. and healed him. God has done wondrous things. And as I look at individuals, we need to remember what God has done. Mm -hmm. We tend to forget and then take for granted, oh, well, God did it. And we are not humble enough to recognize what a mighty God we have, what an awesome God, and what a miracle is. He overlooks all our dumb things that we have done and our infirmities. And he heals us. And we can ask prayers for our children. And I can say, uh, as of next Friday, grandchildren. Uh, of last Friday, yes, grandchildren. Last Friday, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But, and uh, Mahashin, it, they're, they're, they're in this uh, moment is, is the clarity of God concerning our inability, concerning our self-pity, if you will, concerning our self-empathy over our inabilities. Because the, the man says, but nobody there to, you know, make up my infirmity and, and you know, I, I can't and nobody's doing it for me. Yeah. And Jesus just looks at him and says, get up. Get up and start walking. This man has been laying there for 38 years. He's never taken a step. And Jesus said, get up and walk. So, I mean, talk about the power of Christ resting in that place, right, of, of his infirmity. And it says immediately. Say immediately. Immediately. So, Lord, we receive your word, your commanded blessing, your commanded word this morning on every infirmity, on every weak place, on every empty place, in the name of Jesus, we receive the mercies of God, the power of Christ resting in that various place that immediately we might rise up in his power and in his presence and respond to the situation. Immediately, it says, the man was made well. He took up his bed. Wow. And walked. Can you imagine? That healing pool wasn't even important anymore. And that had been his stopgap, his destination for all of these years, his place of yearning and desire. And suddenly it, it was completely irrelevant. Not going to lay here by the pool waiting for the angel. I'm going to the temple to praise God, to take a sacrifice and show everybody what the Lord has done. Amen. And as always, there's an important footnote for us in this because it says, the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> so it is. It's important what we focus on. And oh man, yeah. Those religious people. There are people who will criticize. There are people who will look at the negative rather than the positive, and we want to focus on the right things. There is a cute series. I often look at other nations, what they are saying, not just the American, because so much is going woke, by the way. I just, my little observation. So there is a, you may want to look up, uh, I think it's on Netflix, uh, called, a series called Extraordinary Attorney Wu. And it's, I, I specialized for a season, I uh, had a special grace also to pray for really severely autistic children. And uh, this is a story of a, a girl who is very autistic, but she is a brilliant brain, and she becomes a legal scholar. And so she's got every other part of her is, is very autistic. Uh, but when you put her in the legal arena, she's absolutely brilliant, but severely autistic. And so there are certain times we we can focus on certain things that are infirmities, but I want us this morning, we want to say, Lord, we thank you. Your grace is sufficient Amen. for us. Thank you, Lord. Say, your grace your grace is sufficient is sufficient for us for us for me for me for my country for my country thank you lord thank you lord and so we we want to take this time to go to yeah. the lord and take communion together we humble you, ourselves Jesus. and despite infirmities things that may have happened may maybe very hurtful upbringing, whatever it is. We want to say to the Lord, we are looking to you, Lord. And Jesus is our point of contact. Jesus is our focus. And he is giving us grace today. Thank you, Lord, that your grace is coming towards us. and we remember where we came from. Thank you. Hallelujah. And where there are infirmities, where we have scars, Lord, we thank you. Your grace is sufficient. We extend the healing word of the Lord as a river to wash out every aspect and any vestige of strains, residues, new appearings of COVID in your bodies in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We pronounce the power of Christ. Manifest. God's power is coming this morning in the midst of our weaknesses. Whatever your thorn is, 
today, we want to say God's grace is sufficient for us. God is doing the rest. You are great, Lord. Greatly to be praised. God is helping us today to get stronger. May God give us strength in the midst of struggles. We want to stay in the middle of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Lord. Pick up the tune. Pick up the harmony of heaven. Lord, in our bodies and in our minds now, we give ourselves to you and to your presence. Even as your grace, your caress, your kindness, your life, the manifestation of your spirit is with us and in us. Now, Lord, tune us as tuning forks. Even molecularly, physically, our bodies will be in harmony with that life. And our minds and spirits will be in tune with that joy and goodness. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.